0: The amount of fans you guys have and the way you guys travel is, is fantastic. I'm sorry, Austin, I'm a member of the team now, but uh, <laughs> just the way everybody travels is is so crazy to me. And I think that that's something that I'm really looking forward to.
1: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats. In a minute, we'll be joined by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you'll hear about it right here on Locked On Kentucky. This edition of the show is brought to you by Burt Sheet Metal and Rosa's. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. This is a special edition of Locked On Kentucky. We have an extensive interview with Nate Sestina, Kentucky's newest commit the grad transfer from Bucknell. We'll hear everything about his life growing up in a small town to how he ended up picking the cat. So without further ado, let's jump into that interview with Nate Sestina. Now joined on the podcast by Nate Sestina, new Kentucky commit. Uh, Nate, I, the first question, I guess, how does it feel to be a member of Kentucky basketball?
0: It's it's super humbling, honestly, uh, uh, to, to come from, from where I come from and, and uh, to be where I, where I am right now is... It's a a dream come true. I'm I'm super excited to get after it. These guys have have been successful every year, um, and I'm I'm really excited to get after it.
2: You you mentioned where you come from, Emporium, Pennsylvania, town of, I heard you describe it as 1,500. The most recent U.S. Census has it at around 2,000, but either way, that's not a lot of people. I think I had 2,000 people in my high school uh, back in the day. (laughs) So tell us about where you come from, Nate.
0: No, it's like you said, it there's there's not much much to it. There's not a whole lot of people but uh but I love it. It it's been my home for, for twenty one years. My my parents have been there for a little longer than that. They were in Charlottesville for a while with my three older siblings and they moved back to Emporium. Uh had my, my brother Andrew right above me and then they had me, but I I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I grew up in the mountains, I was in the woods all the time when I was a kid. Uh and then playing outside and then playing basketball all the time. I grew up with sports. I grew up with, uh, my dad was the athletic director for a while. Um, parents are teachers. So everybody in Emporium knows everybody. And, uh, I, I kind of grew up with that and living there. And I think everybody, uh, knows your birthday. I think everybody knows your family's birthdays. They, they know just about everything about you, but, uh, I wouldn't change. It. I love it. It's, it's, an incredible place, and it allows for you to really appreciate all the small things in your life.
2: Is the whole town has the whole town been painted blue? Have all the are there like blue lights in the windows now that you've made your, your <laughs> announcement?
0: I haven't. I haven't been home since I uh since I committed. But my my parents say just about everybody in their in their mom has called my parents, and they've been uh they're they're excited about everything. And I think that that's something that Emporium does well is. They support everybody, and they they support all the athletes. And um, I mean, I'm not the first kid to play college basketball there, but I'm I, I was the first kid since the '70s to play Division One basketball when I first committed to Bucknell. And I think a, a lot of people really changed <laughs> their views on college basketball once I went there. And you had so many people on on uh, with Bucknell flags in their front yard, or people coming to games and, and stuff like that. So I think with with this commitment, I think everybody's switching colors now different blue <laughs>
2: that's awesome
1: you mentioned that you'd growing up you'd go in the woods and stuff like what was the, some of the stuff you do to kind of pass time outside of basketball uh growing up in such a small community
0: um i mean my brother andrew and i uh we would ride bikes i mean i, I live like right in the middle of town um towards towards the edge of it um but my brother andrew and i would we'd ride bikes we'd uh go fishing go hunting and all that stuff and it's everybody is Everybody knows, like I said, everybody knows everybody. So a lot of my friends um, would would come to my house, and then we'd leave from there and and make moves to to hop, in, hop on our bikes and, and go ride bikes somewhere. We'd just kind of walk into the woods and, and see what we could do. And a lot of the time, we'd just walk into the woods and go fishing or something like that. So it's, uh, like I said, everybody kind of knows everybody. But we, we would just, I mean, most of the time in the summer, you couldn't drive anywhere small enough we can just walk but we'd ride our bikes everywhere and just really enjoy that and um, i i grew up with that
2: it's like the goonies everybody meeting up at the. do you, do you know the goonies that's literally oh that's one of my favorite okay movies. yes excellent everybody meet up at the house get on bikes and end up on a pirate ship <laughs> That's seriously,
0: that's seriously what it was. We, I mean, we wouldn't end up on pirate ships. But we'd end up down like swimming in the river. We'd end up swimming somewhere in some pond or something. Yeah, even most of the time we'd wake up super early. And my mom and dad were, were comfortable once we got old enough, where we could just kind of drive off and ride our bikes somewhere. And like my mom said, like, I'd just be home for dinner. So you'd, you'd be out, outside from seven in the morning until six at night, or seven at night in the summer. And Parents, they never questioned like, where you went because they, they knew that you were with good kids. They knew that you were in a good area. They were comfortable with, with everything. and Everybody knows everybody. So if you were doing
1: something
0: stupid, my parents are teachers, I wasn't allowed to do anything stupid. But uh, if you were doing something stupid, everybody knew what you were doing. So I think that's something that we kind of grew up with and kind of kept me on a straight and narrow path.
1: Um, you know, you, we we watched a video of you. You did a a little piece. It it involved a lot of things. You you mentioned your brothers as kind of role models, but you also mentioned kind of the culture shock of getting to Bucknell and the four thousand seat arena. Now, uh, you played in some big venues, I think, during your your time there at Bucknell. But uh, do you think you're prepared for the jump to Rupp Arena?
0: I think so. I think being being uh, a little bit older um, and being being a little bit more mature. I'm not, the, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm the most mature guy, but being a little bit more mature and, and being around college basketball for the past four years has kind of helped me for that. I mean, the amount of fans you guys have and the way you guys travel is, is fantastic. I'm sorry, us. I'm, I'm a member of the team now, but uh, <laughs> the way everybody travels is is so crazy to me, and I think that that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and walking around and seeing Rep Arena, it was, it was awesome. You see that stuff on TV when you're a kid and, and growing up, and you're like, man, like, place is crazy, and then you get to play there. I'm, I'm super excited about it, but playing in the NCAA tournament two years in a row I think has really helped me with that and has kind of prepared me for, for playing in front of that. But I don't know how hostile the crowds going to be. That's, that's something i got to prepare myself for a little bit better.
2: Yeah, some of these road crowds are going to be uh, pretty bonkers. The, uh, the other thing I would say to prepare for is it's a little bit like your childhood in that uh, everywhere you go on campus people are going to know who you are and they probably know your birthday yeah and they'll probably tell on you if you do something wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, i'm I'm hoping to not do anything wrong that's my my biggest thing i try to try to do if i, I mean my, my biggest thing too with social media is i always say if my mom couldn't find it funny or she's not going to appreciate it then i don't put it out
1: there
2: that's a good yeah. uh, i think that's a good rule of thumb Speaking of social media, real quick though,
1: uh, I, I saw some people trying to get some some grasp around this. How many followers did you pick up on Twitter after committing?
0: Oh, uh, uh, I think I started with like I mean, on Tuesday or not Tuesday, Thursday morning. I think I had like fourteen oh two, or something like that. And I I don't even I'll, I can I can check right now. I can I check
2: it for you. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I went I went to like from fourteen oh two to like eight eight. Uh, 139, so. <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. So you're like 7,000. That's crazy. Yeah, that happens around yeah, here. It's, it's
0: crazy. Like, I, I mean, I, I put it, I tweeted it out, and I, my coach, Coach Griffin, was like, dude, you're going to pick up some, some pretty pretty hefty numbers. Now, <laughs> and then Instagram was the same thing. I, I was private for a long time, and I had people DMing me, like, open up, like, come on, like, go public. Go public. <laughs> go
2: like, public. Yeah.
0: Let us so, see I, you. I, mean, I I was a private. I mean, I'm am I'm a private kid, so I, I try to like my my Instagram, I don't have anything to hide. I just, you know, it's a lot of my family, my uh my girlfriend or, and like my teammates and I was just like, all right. And then I went public and it was just like, bam, these guys were just <laughs> it was nuts.
2: Yeah. It's you'll it. you'll you'll have a lot of moments like the uh this is nuts, especially when you get here this summer and they have the Big Blue Madness camp out for tickets to the uh to Madness. It'll it'll probably. Oh your yeah,
0: I watched a video of that, and I was like, Man, "These people are <laughs> fighting each other for tickets." This is <laughs>
2: yes, yes, they are.
1: Is there Was there anybody on social media, or maybe uh, you know, just off social media, that reached out to you after you committed? That was just kind of a cool moment.
0: I mean, I think because I, I didn't get to meet them, um, but uh, I think that the, the guys coming in. Um, like Khalil and Tyrese and those guys, they they messaged me and then uh, uh, P J. Actually, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, he reached out and was like, "Hey man, like welcome to the family." And I was like, "All right, I got." I, I guess I didn't get to meet him or anything. Um, and then like like just a whole like like it is a nation. I'd never even realized it. like this place is just it's crazy. They, they traveled so well, but uh, I would say just like the guys coming in and and, and PJ really, they just, they reached out and they're like, Hey, like, let's get after it. And I was like, all right.
1: We'll be jumping right back into that interview with Nate Sestina in just a bit. He's going to tell you why he had to leave Bucknell. It's kind of an interesting little, little story and it will, will prove useful probably to John Calipari because he could be called a hypocrite if it was a typical mid-major transfer. But before we do that, I do want to tell you guys about La Rosa's Pizza, which is coming to Lexington very, very soon. I was driving by the Richmond Road location, and they got all the signage up, and they got things. They're looking to hire some people. So if you're in the job market and you need a you need a new gig, just look up La Rosa's job opportunities online. Um, if the, if a La Rose is already open to you, open near you up in Northern Kentucky or the Cincinnati area, you need to go as soon as you can. They got delicious pizza. They got the pasta. They got the salads. All their menu, menu items are available for delivery, carry out and dine in. Their dining rooms are awesome. I'm looking forward to getting into the new one here in Lexington off Richmond road. So stay tuned. We'll let you guys know when they're scheduled to open here in Lexington and, um, check out their job opportunities. Because they got some good ones. So just Google LaRosa's Jobs, Lexington, and you'll be able to find that information. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast.
2: One thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, sort of how this came to be. There's, uh, I saw something that said there was maybe like a strange rule with Bucknell where if you uh, explain, I guess, how you came to be on the market.
0: Uh, so, I I got hurt my freshman year and I, I wasn't able to um, like I got hurt my freshman year and I redshirted and and so my my coaches were like hey like let's let's explore the option of you redshirting when like when the time comes and we looked into it and in the Patriot League and Bucknell in general are both kind of difficult in their, like allowing you to to do the grad school here we had a wrestler here who was one of our best wrestlers honestly he he um, hurt his knee his senior year and had to he redshirted his senior year and um, tried to go to grad school here and they were like well all of our master's programs are two years and you have to finish it I think and, and that was something that I was like well if I try to go play professionally like I can't stay do, another like, year it's all on campus stuff yeah so I was like I, if I want to go play professionally like I, I couldn't take a year off of doing that to finish the master's. And it was just a weird, I like a, a weird role. I mean, I, I have nothing bad to say about Bucknell because this place has been my home for, for four years, but it was just, it was kind of strange how that all happened. And then um, I talked with my coaches and I, I opened up my eligibility and, and they were like, all right, like, whatever we can do to help you, like we're going to do that. Like you've been a nothing but helpful to us. So we're going to help you out. So,
2: so you basically, I mean, you had, you kind of had to go somewhere else essentially.
0: Yeah, and and that and that's like when when coach Cal called me and he called coach Meehan. Um he's like I'm not going to take your guys' as player. Like I'm not like that's not me. Like I wouldn't do that. And they were like no, like he can't stay. So
1: What was that first interaction with coach Calipari? Was he was it on the phone there? How did like kind of we'll, we'll get into the, like how did the process of recruitment from Kentucky begin?
0: Um so coach Meehan uh and Coach Cal's son actually um, know each other. Uh, Brad went on a, a foreign trip with our one assistant um, last summer, and two of my teammates here, so they got to know Brad and they got to know Coach Cal a little bit. And um, so when I opened up my recruitment and opened up my eligibility, my my one assistant, I was shooting free throws with him, and he was like, "Hey, like let's um, he's like let's meet up later and we'll we'll talk about everything." And I think the the thing that I was like, "All right, I'm going to go lift, and I'm going to go to the training room and, and do some rehab and stuff." And he came. He came up to the training room with me, and he was sitting in there talking to me about everything. And our, our athletic trainer was in there, and my my coach and I have a, a great relationship outside of practices and outside of games. And um, he's kind of kind of kind of guy. Like if something were to happen in my family, I could call him, and he would be the first guy to to show up to my apartment and be like, "Hey, like, what's up? Like, you okay?" And that's something that I, I really cherish. And he was like, "You know what." I think something that's, that's good for you is we got to reach out to some people. And he comes into the training room, and he's got this long, long text message. And I was like, man, you? I, I was joking. With I was like, are you texting your girlfriend? And he was like, no. He's like, you know, I don't have a girlfriend. He's like, I actually texting Coach Cal Perry. And I was like, whoa. And then, like, as soon as he showed me the message, Coach, Coach Cal kind of texted him back and was like, hey, um, let me call you up to practice and stuff. And uh, he's like, I, I really... I'm interested. He's like you got this, this big guy who can who can play a little bit. Let's let's talk about this a little more in depth whenever I have the time. And Coach Mehan was like, "All right, it like, sounds good to me." And so we just kind of went from there. And um, Coach Cal called Coach Meehan later in the day and was like, "Hey, like I'm, I'm interested. Let's let's kind of move forward with this. Let's let's talk about it." And Coach Cal called me on like the next day on that Wednesday, and you know, I was shooting free throws in the gym and. I get this call from Lexington, Kentucky, and he's like, "Hey," he's like, uh, "It's Coach Cal Perry from Kentucky." He's like, how are you doing? I was like, "Man, like this." Like at first, I was like, "Man, this is crazy." Like, nobody from where I'm from gets gets this phone call. And um, honestly, I'm just super humbled and super blessed to have have the opportunity to that has presented itself. It's been nothing short of surreal to me because this this place is. You said it's a top-notch program, and and they're in the NCAA tournament every year, so it's just been crazy. And then we just talked a little bit, and he was like, "Hey, let's, uh, let's get you on campus for a visit, and i want to show you what we're about, and and kind of went from there."
2: Was that was it? Once you came here, I mean, it didn't take very long. I assume you you didn't need to see any other places.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I in my, in the back of my head, I was like, okay, I want to I want to kind of soak it all in. Um, like I, as a an older guy, I, I kind of understand the ins and outs of recruiting, and people are going to say certain things to you. And I think the thing that I really appreciated about um, coaching staff here is they were just brutally honest about everything. Um, they weren't sugarcoating anything. They weren't promising minutes or anything like that. they were like, we're gonna we're gonna tell you like you work hard, you'll play, and that's something that I really appreciated because it's not. Oh, you're gonna have 25 shots a game, or you're gonna play 40 It wasn't any of that, and I, it was just like, hey, like you show up and you work hard, your actions will dictate your your playing, and your actions will dictate like what we can do for you. They're like, we're not gonna sit here and and promise you all this stuff because like that's not how we work. And they're like, the thing with Reed and like that's like the best example to kind of go off of is they're like, Reed showed up every day and just worked. And they're like, we get the sense that you're the same kind of kid and that you're going to take advantage of the opportunity that has presented itself to do something with it. And I'm like, absolutely. Like I said, I don't come from a super humble background, so it's, I, I, I want to do something with basketball, and I want to do something for my family, and my siblings, and my parents, and this is the best possible opportunity that has presented itself, and I just can't pass up on it, really.
2: Did you meet Reed, or did you get to meet any of those guys?
0: Yeah, I I met Reed. Um, We uh, we had breakfast with the staff and my parents, and um, I met Tyler. He would kind of just walk through the the gym while we were standing or talking, and and I mean Tyler kind of walked through and and went back to locker. I got to meet him. Uh, I saw Nick, uh, like he was kind of like walking out of uh, walking out of the the lodge, so I didn't really get to talk to him that much. But uh, I, I saw him, and then I met Brad.
2: What did what was did Reed tell you anything about what this experience was like for him, having been sort of in your shoes a year ago?
0: Yeah, he, he was super... Uh, that's the thing, too, I, I liked about him is he's super upfront and honest about it. He's like, it, it's the hardest thing I've had to do in terms of the, the workload. He's like, uh, everybody thinks of Kentucky. And you think that you just show up and everything's, everything's great. He's like, yeah, everything is great. He's like, there's so much work that goes into it that, that people don't see. And he's like, I think for... 18 19 year old kids coming in and they they see the the goods and the glam and stuff too more so than than i did and, and he's like more so than like you're going to he's like because that's like that's the kind of the, the thing they're used to is they they're the best guy always on their team and they're the best guy coming out of high school they don't necessarily understand how college basketball works and how hard it's going to be until they get here um he's like so i'm just going to tell you straight up like it's going to be hard and but it, it's worth it. He goes, and, and the payoff is incredible. He's like you get to play some of the biggest games of your life here. You get to do all sorts of cool things with your life um, while you're here. But he's like, it, it is very difficult, and, and it's a lot of hard work, but it's worth it because you get to, you get to be a part of something so much bigger than yourself. And that's kind of how I attack my, my time here is, and I, I've appreciated my time here. is you're part of something that's bigger than you. And I carry that with me everywhere I
1: go. One more quick break before we wrap our interview with Nate Sestina. And I do want to tell you guys about Burt Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Burt Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors, plus galvalume and economy grade, with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out BurtSheetMetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H-SheetMetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permafelt sliding door tracks, and aluminum fl- frame rails. Burt Sheet is located in Walton, Kentucky, up in northern Kentucky. You can give them a call, 859-485-1928, or check out BurtSheetMetal.com. They're located right off I-75. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal, go direct to where it's made, and that's Birch Sheet Metal. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team
2: every day.
1: In that conversation with Reed, you're, you're, you're talking about you know, it being difficult a little bit. I'm guessing the, also, the coaches, you, know, they, you said they didn't promise you anything, obviously, and, and talked about the hard work, but I'm sure they kind of laid out what they want you to be, kind of on the court and off to a certain extent. What role are they looking for you to fill next season?
0: Uh i, I think a, a similar role to read in terms of um you're the oldest guy now, like you are officially going to be the old man of the team <laughs> um you're you're twenty two this is your your fifth year of college you you don't necessarily you're not you're not the youngest guy anymore you you can go in and you can yeah you can appreciate what what they can do for you and what they have to offer but it's more so you have to be a leader um vocally and um through action because these kids are looking up to you. This is their first year of college basketball. They're like, oh, my gosh, like getting yelled at by coaches or you have all this stuff with social media or, or, or people saying stuff to them outside of games. And um, just kind of being that that leader that I was here this, this past season and and kind of carrying that with me um, and kind of being a, being like a, a voice of reason for the younger guys and not being afraid to ask questions and, and being, being able to kind of help them. Outside of basketball, too, because college basketball is more than just playing and practicing. You have stuff going on with your family at all times. you got stuff going on with a girlfriend or with school or something. But there's always something else that, that is going on that younger guys. And I, I struggle with it a lot my, my freshman year, just being okay, being okay with asking questions and being okay with asking questions that might sound a little silly at times, but being okay with um, being wrong. I think that that was something my my freshman and sophomore year that I struggled with was I was afraid to be wrong because I I didn't want to mess up I didn't want to make a mistake you are hesitating to play because you're afraid to make a mistake but it's all about making mistakes it's how you grow and that's how um how you get better and I think that that's something that I can do for these for the younger guys coming in is kind of be a, a vocal leader and be a leader through action and that that's something that my my brothers have taught me through all their training in the military, is you've got to be vocal. You have to be um, an action-led leader, and uh, that's something that I hope I can do for these guys. T-
2: tell us a little bit more, if you don't mind, about that relationship with your brothers, what, uh, you know, both both your brothers are Marines, I know. Uh, yes, sir. What, what that, one, I guess, their service uh, means to you, and and just what that relationship uh, means to you. I saw a video of, I guess, one of your maybe your oldest brother, uh, or was it your, younger? I can't remember that surprised you on your senior day. Uh, showed up. Um, I so I'm, I'm
0: the youngest. I'm the youngest of five. So my okay. brother Andrew, um, he's right above me in, in the the line of Sistinas kind of thing, and he uh, he is 25 now. Um, he's stationed out in San Diego. So I, 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 barely get to see him. This is the first time I'd seen him in about two years. Uh, so my relationship with him is, is honestly just, it's oh, I mean, obviously been about basketball and stuff, but, uh, he was just like, Hey, like, I, I wish I could make it for your senior day. And he's like, I, I, I it hurts me that I can't go. And I was like, man, like, you know, what? it's all right. Like I get it. Um, I'm more mature now, I'm older, I, I, I understand it, and stuff, and uh, it it still bothered me, because I was like, man, like, everybody's in my family is going to be able to get here, and like, it just kind of bothered me that he wasn't able to, but I understand it, it's part of his job, it's part of the military life, but...
2: He was totally um, setting you up, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> he had been in contact with my roommate, Matt O'Reilly, for like, two months, that awesome. It up, and with my, my one coach, Coach, uh, coach Brown, who's our dobo and he was talking with him and got tickets and got everything kind of set up. And um, Matt was able to secure Andrew tickets and uh, coach Brown was able to help him with like keeping everything in surprise. So it's honestly, it was just something I'm super thankful for. And, but with the, with the leadership stuff with those guys, my, my older brother, Jason was a Marine as well. Um, and he was in Afghanistan for a year uh, when I was in like, I think I was in eighth grade. And um, as a 13 year old kid, you don't, you don't think about life or death. You don't think about all the all the stuff that that goes through his head and he's he's been an incredible resource for me in terms of appreciating life and appreciating the the small things in life. And I like I said in that interview before, like I wake up and I'm like, Man, like my body hurts. I don't want to go to practice today and, and he was like for him when he was overseas, it was like yeah, his body hurt. He was tired, he barely got any sleep and he was just like I, I hope that I make it through today. And that's something since I was 13 that I've kind of carried with me. was like, all right, nothing is going to be like coaches and Reed talked about how difficult it's going to be. And Coach Meehan reiterated it. Nothing is going to be as difficult as what they've been through and, and the, the processes and the, the, the training and the skills and stuff that they've learned and they've had to acquire. Nothing is going to be that difficult in my life. So if I can go through life and just play basketball and, and practices are hard and workouts are hard, then I think that my life is pretty pretty easy compared to theirs.
2: Well, I can't say it better than that. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually have a couple quick ones
1: as we wrap up here, Nate. We really appreciate all your time, man. Um, mm-hmm. One, um, I'm on the beat some, so you'll be seeing me again so you can get used to this nonsense. I have a very important question. Have you ever wrote a poem that is a sestina?
0: I haven't, but I, I've, I've read them. So I, that was the, the weirdest thing with people. Like, you know, your last name is a, is a poem. But it's cool because it's a seven stanza, seven line poem. And there are seven people in my family.
2: Oh, oh wow. wow. So you've thought about this. You know, there's uh, also I, a website I, I, that I generates did, uh, them. I, what's it called? Sestinomatic, Curtis? Yeah. The website? There's a website that generates sestinas.
0: Oh, wow. I'll have, to take, I'll have to take a look at it. <laughs>
1: Um, and then uh you know this is something that we just we just kind of ask, and you might not have a ton of insight but do you you mentioned talking to the guys uh, that are coming in the, the commits? Have you talked to anybody else that potentially is going to be coming back that was on this current team
0: uh not really um mostly, it was mostly just um Tyrese reached out to me and, and uh, uh he was just like hey like i uh, he's like I'm excited to get after it like let's go get number nine and then um TJ just tweeted at me, and then that was about it. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited about it. This is a, an awesome opportunity for for me and for my family and uh, hopefully for Kentucky basketball to, to go chase after it.
2: Well, Nate, we appreciate your time. I can tell you that Kentucky fans are going to enjoy you a great deal. They were big fans of Reed Travis, as were reporters like us, because as you mentioned, uh, we deal a lot with 18- and 19-year-olds, and it's always – Cal talked about this too with Reed it was nice to interact with an actual adult <laughs> so we look we look forward to talking to you and we'll uh, I don't know if you have like a Seinfeld addiction like a Reed or, or anything like that but you know the goonies so you're off to a great start oh, with, I the, do. with the nerdy beat guys like us uh, we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> be talking a lot a lot more to you soon thanks so much man
0: hey thank you guys for having me I appreciate it
1: huge thanks to Nate Sistina for jumping on the pod with us today. Awesome interview. Looking forward to covering when he gets here in Lexington. The normal ask, guys, please follow us on all our social media platforms. But more importantly than that, I'm going to push this heavy for the next couple of weeks. We need ratings. We need reviews. So give us a five star on whatever app you use and leave us a review um, in whatever app you use. Feel free to screenshot it and send it to us. That'd be awesome. We'll retweet any of those you give us. We'll be trying to read a couple of on air here. So any any suggestions, anything you like, just tell us what you like on the podcast, what you don't like, what you want, want to see going forward. Just leave it in the comments uh, and we'll check them all out and then send them our way. I am on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked on Kentucky. Be sure to be listening on any app, but Especially, check out the new Himalaya app, which is a partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again to Bird Sheet Metal and La Rose's for sponsoring this edition of the show. And thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On, Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.
2: Nate, what's up, man? It's Kyle Tucker. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Is this a good time? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just sitting in my room. I was about
0: to pour another cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> hey, Nate. This is Curtis Birch. Uh, I do the podcast with Kyle. Oh, hey, what's up,
0: Curtis?
2: So we'll we'll uh, we'll record or like an intro to this later, but we'll just go ahead and jump in and do a little Q and A if you if you're good with it.
0: Awesome. Sounds good.